Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. I want to start by how I often do, which is by asking a question. The worship songs that we sing um, you know, during our services, do you believe them to be true? Yeah. It wasn't a rhetorical question. Do you believe them to be true? Yeah. So when you're singing those, those words, you believe that those words are true, yeah? yeah? And when you say those words, I wonder whether they're words that, where, where it talks about placing you in a position, whether you're agreeing with those words. And I hope you do, because one of the, uh, the songs that we sung in worship tonight, we talked about, God, I give you my full attention. God, I give you my full attention. I wonder if you'll do that tonight. I'm not asking for you to give me your full attention, although that'd be pretty cool if you did. But what I'm asking you to do is give God your full attention tonight because I absolutely believe that he wants to speak into your life. I don't believe that tonight you're here by accident. I believe God wants you in this place right here, right now, right where you're seated. Maybe he might, might have wanted you to sit a little bit closer to the front, but that's okay, you're here. I'm kidding. But it's awesome that you're here, but you're not here by accident. And so I I, I want you to, I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to ask that you give God your full attention, that you're aware of what God might be saying to you as we unpack some scriptures tonight. Would you do that? Let's just pray. Father, we sung the song. We mean the words. We want you to speak into our hearts tonight, Lord God. So we give you our full attention. Here we are, Lord. Our, Our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that God loves you? God loves you. He loves the person next to you. But I want to talk to you tonight, not the person next to you. Not the person you think should be sitting with you, that should be here. I want to speak directly to you tonight. God loves you. And he loves you just the way you are. He knows the words that have come out of your mouth this week. He knows the thoughts you've had. He knows the stuff you've done that, that maybe, maybe weren't the greatest things you should have done. And you know, you know, you probably, he wasn't necessarily happy with what you said. But the truth remains, in the middle of that, God loves you. Just the way you are. But how many know he loves you too much to let you stay that way? He loves you too much to let you stay where you are. He loves me too much to let me stay where I am. Every moment of every day, he's looking for me to grow in him, to move closer to him, to embrace him, to be transformed more into Jesus' likeness. That's the journey that he's got me on. That's the journey that he's got you on. That's why you're here tonight. That's why he's got you here. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, whether you're just dipping your toe into into church, just checking Jesus out, just kicking the tires of faith, or whether you're, you would call yourself a passionate follower of Jesus. God wants you here tonight because he wants to take you on a journey to continue to transform you. This series this, uh, that we're, we're sort of kicking off today, but it's a, it's a continuation of the Fresh Air series, is actually called, called Transform. And I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that if you're reading around the Bible, and as soon as you hear the word transform, you know where I'm going. I'm going to Romans chapter 12, and I want you to listen to what we're reading here what the Apostle Paul wants to say to us as we lay a foundation for tonight. 
Romans 12 and verse one says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, give your lives to God because of all he has done for you. Because, because he gave his life for you, he's saying, would you give your life to me? Let them, your bodies, who you are, how you're wired, let them be a living and holy sacrifice to the, uh, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Give your life to him. Don't copy the behaviours and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. And that word transform is not, is not a passive word. It's not a past word. It's an ongoing word. It's a word, it actually means, the Greek means to be transformed and to continue to be transformed. It's ongoing. By changing the way you think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind or by the way, changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good. A good will. He's got a good will for your life. He's got a pleasing will for your life. He's got a perfect will for your life. You know, I love the message uh, translation, the first part of that, because it, it kind of turns around and talks about something that's out there. And for me, that the, pa the paraphrase opens it up. It says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping and eating and going to work and walking around life. Take all that you do. When you get up in the morning, everything you t do, take that and place it before God as an offering. He's saying, take your life, everything you do, the breathing, the eating, everything you do, place it before God as an offering. Here's my life, God. Use it. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Embracing that idea. And then he goes on and talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, you and I are called to a life of transformation. If you don't like how things are going right now, that's good because God wants to transform you. He doesn't want you to stay where you are as well. He wants to take you on a journey of transformation and continue. He's got plans and purposes not to harm you, give you a hope and a future. He's taking you on that journey if you'll take his hand and let him lead you and guide you and direct you. I remember the start of this year, Ken, Ken challenged us all and he said, find a word, pray and ask God and find a word for the year. Have you done that? I wonder if many of you have done that. Say, God, would you give me a word or a, or a phrase or a theme for this year? I do. I, I've done this over, over a number of years. Sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's a scripture, sometimes it's a phrase. But the word that God gave me for me and he gave me for the church, and I believe it's not just for Highfields campus, I believe it's for the church generally. The word that he gave me is the word pursue. He gave me this word pursue. And I want to unpack that a little bit as we go into this idea of transformation. See, the word pursue means it's an active word. It's an intentional word. If you pursue something, you're going after it. If I'm pursuing, I'm, 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 you know, it's almost like I'm running. I, I need to get it. It's not a oh, pursuing kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pursuing that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not the, the picture that you get, is it? It's, it's running after. It's going after. Pursue is an active word. It's an intentional word. It's going after. It's relentless. It's pressing on. It's intentional. And I feel like that's a word for me. And it's not just been for this year, but I feel like over the last number of years, he's been saying, God, Murray, would you continue to pursue me? Would you go after the things of me? Would you seek me more? Not as a striving so much as a, as a being open to everything that God's got for me in my life. And one of the things that I've realized is if I need to pursue and I want to go after the things of God, then it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take, I hate this word, discipline. How many love it? Love discipline. Yeah, bring on a bit of discipline. Because sometimes when we hear discipline, it's like when I was at school and I did the wrong thing. 
Go to the principal's office and I'll give you a bit of discipline. No, they don't do that anymore, do they? No, that's all right. <laughs> but spiritual disciplines are a vital way of seeking after the things of God. Spiritual disciplines and two that I'm going to look at today are going to help you with how. Because you can say, yeah, pursue Murray, that's great. Yeah, I want to be transformed. But, but what does that look like? What's my role in being transformed? Pursuing. Well, how do I do that? What does that look like? You ready? Spiritual disciplines. That's what we're going to look at tonight. And I've picked two. Well, actually, I didn't pick two. God led me to two, which for me are the hardest two. You excited? Yes, we're going to do the hardest two. Not hard because they're difficult necessarily, necessarily in terms of the world and what it looks like. It's hard because it goes against my nature. And I'm willing to bet it goes against your nature. But how many know that when we follow God's will, not our own, there is blessing, there is growth, and there is, get this word, freedom. So tonight's message about you want to gain freedom in your life, in any area, I want you to be open to what I believe, where I believe God is leading us tonight. How do we be transformed? Two disciplines that I want to talk about tonight. And I promise you, if you go on the journey of pursuing and embracing these two disciplines, I promise you, God's word promises, so I know I can come behind his word and stand behind it, that your life will be transformed and you will experience freedom. I don't know what the situation is that you're needing freedom in, but at the God's promises is as we, as we walk with him in these areas of spiritual discipline, he will bring freedom. I don't know about you, but I love it. I want freedom in my life. Paul writes about this concept of spiritual disciplines because I know some of you have struggled. As soon as he said discipline, you switched off a little and said, oh, okay, Mars, I'm not sure about this, this message. But Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, and he says this, and I love it because I love sport. And he uses sport as a great way that I can relate. Maybe you can relate too. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everybody runs, but only one person gets the prize. And so the Apostle Paul says, so run to win. I love winning. Ask my wife when we play games. I love winning. All athletes, Paul says, are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it. We, we discipline our lives. We embrace spiritual disciplines to do it for an eternal prize. So I, he says, run with purpose. I run to pursue. I run with intentionality. You get why pursue is such a powerful word here. I run with intentionality. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body with, like an athlete, training to do what I should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So how do we do it? How do we run to win? How do we truly pursue? pursue? How do we seek after God? I've, I've used um, a book by Richard Foster. That, it'll come up on the screen because you probably can't see this, called The Celebration of Discipline. Sounds like an oxymoron. Let's celebrate discipline. But he talks about a whole bunch of disciplines in this book. Um, and he talks about inward disciplines, outward disciplines, and he talks about corporate disciplines. And I'm going to talk tonight about two outward disciplines. All right. You ready for them? The first one. Just two that you need to go away with tonight. That I guarantee you, if you pursue God in this way, he will bring transformation into your life. First one, solitude. Solitude. Man, I love being around people. Really? Solitude? Well, let me unpack what God means when he says solitude. The second one, I'll get to in a moment. Solitude. My sense is that some people here tonight need to hear from God. 
yet your lives are so busy putting things into your life that God is speaking and you're not hearing. God is speaking and you're not hearing. Maybe something's distracting you. Maybe something's polluting that part of your life. Maybe there's something that's negatively impacting you, but you're not experiencing the victory that God wants for you because you are so busy with life. And God wants to bring you victory. Just as I was just going over some notes this afternoon, I just felt to put in a couple of scriptures here around victory because I feel like tonight there are people here going, I hear that word victory, but I don't know that I'm experiencing it and I don't even know that God wants victory for my life. My life has never been one that's experienced victory, Murray. I don't know, I don't know what you mean. Well, this is God's promise for you. Psalm 62 verse 7. My victory and honour come from God alone. He is my refuge. He is a rock where no enemy can reach me. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and over death through the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 4 says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And it goes on in chapter 5 verse 4 and says, We achieve victory through our faith. Whatever circumstance you're in, God has victory for you. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you pursue him, if you go after him, if you hear his voice. So let's look at that first discipline that I mentioned. Let's look at solitude and see what does that mean for me in my life. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1. I'm going to teach these two and I'm going to teach them out of the scriptures. You're going to get some teaching tonight that some of it's going to be hard to hear, but I promise you, if you don't switch off, if you're attentive to what God's saying to you, you change your life. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1. To draw near to listen is better than to offer sacrifice of fools. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are upon earth. Therefore, let your words be few. He's talking about when you're with God. He's, saying, he's not saying don't pray, but he's saying when you're with God, be okay with letting your words be few so that God's words will be poured out into your life. That you'll hear God's words. Draw near to listen. When was the last time you drew near to God to listen? Not to tell him all the stuff that you need him to do, but to draw near to listen, to linger. I love that word. To linger longer with him and listen. In that same book by Richard Foster, he says this about about lingering with God. He says, The less we are mesmerised by human voices, the more we are able to hear the divine voice the less we are bound by others' expectations, the more we're open to God's expectations. Sometimes for some of us, we've got to step back and find a place of solitude, either outer solitude or inward solitude, which I'll talk about in a moment, to let God speak into our lives. Now, I know some of you right now, fear is rising up because you are petrified of being alone. You're petrified of silence. Anytime you're on your own, the ear pods go in or the headphones go in. And the music's playing, or a podcast is playing. And there's nothing wrong with music or podcasts. You, know, you go for a run. You've got the, got the, the uh, iPhone tapped, taped to your arm, and you're running, listening to music, listening to podcasts, doing things. Again, nothing wrong with that. But what would it look like one day for you to go for a run, to say, God, it's you and me today? I'm here. I'm ready. See, solitude doesn't have to look like you going off into a, in, into a ground, sit under a tree with nobody around and with your arms crossed and sing Kumbaya. That, that's not, although that might work for some of you. Solitude is just switching the outside noise off externally and internally and being ready to hear from him. 
See, there's a difference between loneliness and solitude. Loneliness is an inner emptiness. Solitude brings inner fulfillment. Because when we go to a place of solitude with God, I promise you, he speaks. He whispers. He nudges. He encourages. Sometimes he rebukes. He changes your direction. But solitude, get this, is not a place. It's more a state of the heart. It's more a state of the mind where you come to God. And I want to unpack that more because it's quite possible for a hermit, you know about her- hermits live on their own, never ever see anyone ever speak. It's quite possible for a hermit to never experience solitude. So it's not just being alone that is solitude. It's a state of mind, a state of the heart. And I want you to know this is coming from a place who loves people. I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm empowered by people. So for me to find that quiet place, inward and external, is I need to be intentional with this. Some of you are going, mate, I love this, Murray. I love this. This is what I love to do. Some of you are struggling with it. It's okay. Let me give you some examples where Jesus modeled this so beautifully to us. This is outward solitude. So this is where he, he physically found quiet places. Let me just give you a few. Do you remember when he kicked off his ministry? With 40 days alone in the desert? Prayer and fasting. Check it out, Matthew chapter 4. Or what maybe before he chose his 12 disciples. Now he was communing with God all the time, but he still, the scriptures say, before he, tried, he, he selected his 12 disciples, he spent an entire night alone in the desert hills. Or when Jesus was about to receive the news of John the Baptist, or actually had just received the news of his mate, his cousin, John the Baptist's death. Scriptures say in Matthew 14 that he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place. After feeding 5,000, Jesus went up into the hills by himself. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, In the morning, a great while before day, Jesus rose and went out to a lonely place. And then he, he, he talked to his, his disciples about this. And he said, when the 12 returned from preaching, when he he'd sent them out two by two, and they came back with all their stories and, of preaching and healing and what they'd been doing, Jesus said, now, come away by yourselves to a quiet place. He continually did it, and he continually modeled it, and he continually taught it. Find that quiet place. Seeking solitude was a regular part of of Jesus' practice. It was a regular discipline that Jesus had and he's calling us to that same discipline. I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a book, uh, Life Together, the classic exploration of faith and community. And he says this about, about being together and being apart and the importance of both. He says, let him who cannot be alone be aware of community. See, beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. And he goes on and he says, each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude moments plunges into the void of just words and feelings. The other one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity and self-infatuation and despair. You see, we're not called to live as hermits, to go off on our own all the time. And we're not called to be always with people around us. There are moments that we need to embrace both. It's essential that we linger for this inner attentiveness. Now, I want to talk to you about this because there's the outward part of it, then there's also the inward part of it. Spanish nun and religious reformer St. Teresa of Avila says this. She says, settle yourself in solitude. Now, this is your heart. Settle yourself in solitude and you will come upon him in yourself. 
How beautiful. Settle yourself in solitude and God will reveal himself. You'll come upon him within you. Now the Holy Spirit is alive in each of us. But so often we miss Spirit of God speaking because we don't take that quiet moment ourselves. Now I had a really difficult year a couple of years ago where I was in what I would call a bit of a wilderness time and, and really struggling to, to hear from God about what was next. I'd just finished up a role at a church and I was, I was seeking God for what was next. And, and um, I had time, but I still just didn't feel I was, I was hearing from God. And I just felt God say, come away with me. Come away with me. And so this was a, a practical thing that I did. But I went, okay, God. So, so I went up to the Bunya Mountains. And I just spent a couple of days just, just myself. There was another guy there as well. But, but I spent time just walking and being off on my own. And he got, God just whispered two things into my heart. He whispered two things. He said, I called you to this region, this, this, this area, for a purpose. It's not an accident. You're supposed to be here. And the second thing he gave me was, be where your feet are. Now, both of those might seem obscure to you, but for me, God was saying, I've got you, Murray. I called you to this region for a purpose, and I've got more for you to do here. Don't go moving on anywhere else. And then he said, be where your feet are. When opportunities come up for you to, to serve me, just do it. And that was just all he gave me, but it was enough for me in the middle of, God, where are you in the midst of this? For me to go, I'm going to trust him with what I do know. But I set time aside to seek him in solitude, in the quietness. Now that's the outward stuff. Let me give you some inner ones because we can't all just go off to the Bunya Mountains or, or go down the beach for a week, can we? <laughs> Someone to join me. Here's some day-to-day -day things. The, the, the inner solitude moments. The intentional lingers, the making a moment, finding a moment. Maybe it's early in the morning before the family wakes up, if you're a mum or, or a dad, particularly if you've got a young family. Maybe it's just getting up a little bit early before anyone wakes. And you're just spending a couple of moments, quiet moments, just you and God. Maybe it's in the morning, it's that morning coffee before the day starts, rather than opening, looking at the papers or looking at Facebook or looking at, at, at Instagram. Maybe you've just got your coffee at a cafe or at home and you just, you just sit quietly with him and you just listen to Holy Spirit and you just have that, that quiet moment with God. Maybe it's the solitude of bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. I'm serious. Maybe it's not jumping in the car and turning the radio on or, or um, um, Spotify on or your play, playlist on straight away and just as you're sitting in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, rather than getting frustrated, God, what, what would you say to me right now? God, I want to hear your voice. See, there's moments in every day if we're prepared to seek inner solitude with him. Maybe it's before a meal, before we do the, the rote grace that we all do, that we say, hey, hey, before we say anything, why don't we just sit and quiet and listen? Not for too long because the meal goes cold and Kaz would not be happy with that. But what would it look like to just sit, or even at the end of the meal, before we get up, let's just, let's just sit. Let's just sit for a moment with Jesus in inner solitude. Maybe you can find new joy and new meaning with short walks. Maybe the, the short walk is enough. Before I go to bed sometimes of a night time, I'll just open up the doors to our bedroom. We've got this little like a, a Juliet little balcony thing that's quite small, but I walk out there and I just look up at the stars and in the quiet of a couple of minutes, I just sit there and say, God, thank you for today. And then I'll just, I'll just stand quietly for a couple of minutes and just allow him 
to speak into my life. I don't know what it looks like for you, but intentionality, solitude with intentionality is so very, very important. So very, very important. It's not running away from your problems. It's in the middle of your problems going, God, you're with me. Second one that I want to touch on is the hardest one of all. Second discipline, submission. Told you you'd be fired up. Told you you'd be pumped. Jumping out of your chest. Yeah, submission. Yeah, bring it on. It's going to be awesome. I love it. Submission. Submission to God and submitting to one another. Why submission? Because that's where freedom lies. When we truly submit our lives to God, not my life, but your life. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Whatever you say, God, you call me to the narrow road, you call call me to the hard walk, you call me to take up my cross and follow you, I'm submitted. I follow you with everything. The ability to lay down and not need to get my way and not have it done in my time is one of the greatest bondages around this world today. Why do Christians struggle? Because I love Jesus, but I want it done my way and in my time. And so we stop hearing from Him because we know what we want. So we pray about that, but we don't submit it to Him and say, not my will, but your will be done. And I'm open to what it is you say. Because you just may be the God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who knew me before I was born and planned and purposed every day of my life, just might have a better idea of what's best for me than I do. But, I, but I, you know, I sit in this place of pride sometimes. Maybe this is just me. But I sit in this place of pride sometimes where I want it and I want it done. It's like that, who's what, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory? Bar- is it Baruka? I want it and I want it now. You know, that's kind of what I'm like sometimes. Maybe that's not you. Maybe it is. But submitting and saying, no, no, God, I trust you with this and I lay it in your feet. See, submission and surrender is an everyday thing. I accepted Jesus. I submitted my life to Jesus. I became a Christian in June 1986. I gave my life to Him. I submitted my life to Him. Awesome. Keep doing it every day of your life. Submit your life to Him. Submit your life to Him. God, this is you. See, the cornerstone discipline of submission is Mark 8.34. It's Jesus' atoning statement. He says, if anyone would come after me, then let them deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. So what does that look like for you? Spiritual disciplines. Sometimes they're tough. It's like when you go to the gym and you're hurting and you just keep pushing through because you want to get yourself fit enough or you go on a run because you want to do that marathon crazy people and you're running 20 k's because you want to achieve same thing this is hard work but I want to be God all you've created me to be because I know you've got a plan and a purpose for my life see that's why God wants you to tithe because it's not easy it's a spiritual it's a discipline but God but God I've got all these bills and I've got these things and that's why do we talk about generosity does God need your money God owns the, the cattle on a thousand hills he wants your heart and He knows it's a discipline. So He says, here's, here's a principle that will work for you and where I can bless you and bless others if you take up your cross and follow me and commit to tithing. If you're not sure what tithing is, then, then come and see some of us. But it's basically saying, God, everything that's mine is yours. And I'm, I'm going to give you back what He asked for, which is just a small portion of what He's done for us. Some of us struggle with that. Do you know Why? Because you want to run that. You want to own that part of your life. You're not prepared to submit that. 
Less of me, God, more of you is submission. Do you pray it? Yep. Do you allow him to take and move some of your stuff aside and pour what he wants to do? Think about baptism. We heard Deng share his story. If you think about it in the natural, you're allowing somebody to put you in a tank and then dip you under the water and hold you under for as long as they want to and then bring you up out of the water. So in the natural, you're looking at it and go, what the heck's that about? But God says, come and follow me. There's a power in this. And you might look at it and go, I don't understand it from a natural perspective. But when you study the Scriptures and you understand Jesus was baptised and He says, come and follow me. He says, believe and be baptised. That's why we're baptised. Because we believe something incredibly supernatural happens as we're obedient to Him. It's an outward sign of the old life and the new life. So there's some things that we do when we follow Jesus that we, you could look at in the natural and go, what the heck? But in the supernatural, as we submit our lives to Him and follow Him. I told you this message wasn't going to be one that you're going to be going, but there, you should be because there is freedom. When we submit our lives to God and where God asks us to submit our lives, our lives to our mothers and fathers, and in a moment I'll talk about marriages. When we do that, there is freedom in blessing and opportunity. See, the discipline of submission is a posture for every Christian. Men and women, parents and children, bosses and workers, leaders, teachers and students and friends. Remember, the purpose of these disciplines is freedom. So let me give you some, that's well and good, Murray, but what do the Scriptures say about submission? I'm glad you asked. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee. See, when we, when we, we submit ourselves to God, He empowers us to overcome every situation and every circumstance in Jesus' name. The Apostle Peter, who was an incredible rebel. I love Peter because when Peter speaks, I kind of go, I can relate to you, Peter. What do you say? Particularly about submission. Peter, who was a rebel, this is what he says about submission. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority. I was just talking about God there. He's talking about the authorities that live over us. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and shows favour to the humble. You see, when we, sub when we submit ourselves, we humble ourselves and pride, which how many know every sin is birthed in pride? The original sin was the devil saying, I want to be God. That was when Satan fell. Pride encompasses everything. So what we need to do is be so careful What's a, what's a great way of not being prideful? Rather than holding things like this, hold them like this. And get this. I love the passage in Ephesians. And guys, you need to hear this. Ephesians 5 is a passage that talks about husbands and wives. And we, we read it and we say, oh yeah, that's right, husbands and wives, that's right. It's, it's um, wives, you're not going to submit to your husbands. Um, you know, and, 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 and husbands, um, you have to love your wives. You're missing something. Go back to the first verse. Um, verse 21, Paul says this. He says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Husbands and wives, submit to one another. If you're in a marriage, rather than wanting it your way, what does it look like for you to come submitting to one another in a marriage? See, there's something powerful that happens. There's blessing that happens when you're not seeking your way, but you're coming together with, a heart, with hearts of submission. And then, yes, it goes on to say, wives, submit your husbands to your own husbands um, as you do for the Lord. And it talks about husbands. But I want you to get it. I want you to understand. When we live with hearts of submission, God has room to move.
because we're not carrying everything. We're not holding on to everything. I submit my finances to you, Murray, our God. Murray, will you do that? Yes. Will you really? Yes. I submit, I submit my work to you, Father. I submit my wife to you. I, 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 I give my family to you. I trust you. Your ways mightn't be my ways, but I trust you. And it's a spiritual discipline. What's that mean? We've got to continue to do it and do it and do it. We submit to God. We submit to His Word, the living Word, Jesus, and the written Word, the Scriptures. When we do that, watch what He does in your life. Two disciplines. Solitude. What would it look like for you this week to find that quiet place in your heart? You may have, not have time to go to the bunyas or go to the beach, but a moment to sit under a tree or a moment in the car or a moment with a coffee where you're truly just sitting in that place with Jesus. He loves it when we sit with Him and listen. And then submitting yourself. Not my will, but your will, God. What do you want me to do? I'm there. You want me to be baptised? Okay, show me in the Scriptures. That's you, God. Yep, I'm going to be baptised. You want me to tithe? You want me to serve? You want me to make that call to that person? You want me to, to apologise? You want me to repent? I'm walking your way. I've had enough of Murray's way. I'm going your way, God. Watch what he does. Watch the freedom he brings. When you seek him in solitude and you submit your life fully to him. Two disciplines that will change your life and bring you freedom. Let's pray. Oh, loving God, I, I want to thank you that sometimes I can, get, I can stand up and, and speak your word. And it's a word of um, you know, encouragement and it's an easy word to hear and, and we love it. And, but I also want to thank you, Lord, that you call us when we read your scriptures to understand them fully and, to, and to, to seek the tough, the narrow road. You call us to walk the narrow road. And so I want to pray over every person here tonight. You've got freedom for us, Lord, but we have a role to play. And that's to pursue you. And part of pursuing you, Father, is you want us to come away with you in those quiet little moments. To be intentional about listening and lingering with you. And Lord, you're also calling us to submit our lives fully to you and to continue to do it every day. Use me today, Lord God. Speak into my life. Show me who I should call today. Show me how I can bless someone else today. I pray that over each and every one of us. God, would you fill us to overflowing with your Spirit alive in us. Have us excited about spending time with you. Have us excited about serving you in this way. You know, as we're in this moment of prayer, you may be here tonight and you've never thought about following Jesus and experiencing this freedom that I'm talking about. And maybe your first act of solitude and submission is saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. So in this moment, I would love to pray for you. Maybe you've never ever accepted Jesus and say, I want to submit to you, Jesus. Will you lead my life? I'm hearing, about, I'm hearing about this life where you bring freedom and I need your freedom. So I want to give my life to you that you might lead. I'm going to submit my life to you right now. And if that's you, you've never accepted Him into your life or maybe you did a long time ago and you've been away from Him. And He's saying, come on back. Come back. I want, to, I want you to spend moments of solitude with me. If that's you, could I pray for you in this quiet moment, in this moment of prayer? I would love just to pray for you. And so the only way that I'll know who I'm praying for is if you just quickly raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. That's awesome. I see that hand. That's fantastic. That's great. Is there anyone else that says, you know what, Murray? I need Jesus. This Jesus that you talk about with so much passion. I want to experience 
him in my life. Is there anyone else before I pray? That's awesome. So good. So good. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's fantastic. That's awesome. As you, This is a moment of submission that you, you, you're both pointing up and saying, I submit my life to you, you Jesus. God's going to bring you freedom. It's His promise. It's not a nice idea. It's His promise. So simply what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you right now. And you, you could follow this prayer along in your own heart. Maybe tonight when you go home, you might just spend some time in those quiet moments in solitude with Him and just be listening. But let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these, these, uh, these guys who are just saying, I accept you, Jesus. And Lord, as they come to you and submit their lives to you, I pray you would bless them. Just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you that your son Jesus died for me. I submit my life to you. Come and be Lord and Saviour. Lead me, guide me, direct me. And speak to me that I might know, truly know, the living God. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.